Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, good to see all of you. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you, Church Online. We, uh, we love you. You're our family. You may not be in the house, but you are our family, and we love you as well. So we thank you. Thank you for being a part uh, of church today. So the message is today and tomorrow. I mean, I said that in the first service, today and tomorrow. What are y'all doing tomorrow? Y'all wanna come to church? I'll be here. To this to Sunday and next Sunday, there are two parts. I'm putting them together. Um, today I'll do kind of part one. Uh, next Sunday I'll do part two, so don't miss that. They go together. And uh, I've just had to find a kind of a clean break to break those up. And so today uh, I've entitled this morning's message simply Enlarge My tent. Enlarge my tent. I want you to understand something. You are a tent, okay? God wants to enlarge your tent. Your tent as an individual and your tent as a family and our church as a church family. If you're listening online, God wants to enlarge your tent as well. He does. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Chronicles is the chapter where uh, there's a lot of words in there, a lot of names in there. They're, they're, they're enormously good SAT words, okay? They're big. Right in the middle of those, he just tucks in these scriptures about this individual and their power packed. 1 Chronicles 4.10 says this, Jabez cried out, to the God of Israel. I love that because he says who he's crying. He names him, man. He names him. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. All that you, oh God of Israel, would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let me ask you a question. Is it wrong to ask God to bless you? Is it? No. Let me ask you this. Do you ask God to bless you? Because I have sat with people at a table before and individuals have told me it is wrong for us to ask God to bless us. He's already blessed us at Calvary. If you think that that's all he wants to do for his kids, you crazy. God, Calvary just started the flood. I'm telling you, you are a king's kid. You are a chosen nation, a holy nation, a dearly beloved child of the king. He he loves to give good gifts to his his kids. He says, do not forget where they come from. They come down from heaven above. If you, I'm telling you, if you're not asking God to bless you, you're missing out. Every day you get up and that sun comes up, it's an invitation for you to meet with the king. When you meet with the king, you say, God bless me. Bless me today. Enlarge my tent, enlarge my territory. Because listen to me, he wants 
to bless you. He wants to bless you. But understand something. With blessing comes much responsibility. If you're going to ask God to bless you, oh, you better watch out because he's going to back up a truck and flood you. He's going to bless you. But when he blesses you, that is not to make much of you, but to make much of him. Do not stand on a mountain and pound your chest and look what you did. He'll knock you off that mountain so fast, make your head spin. Because he's not about you, he's about him. But he wants to do it through you. Ask God to bless you, he will bless you. Let me tell you a little bit about this place you sit in. We ended the year last year with a vision of God to remodel this worship center. After 10 years, it needed a little update, a little, 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 little giddy up. We also knew that God had positioned the church for an online impact, that, that God was stretching us. God was enlarging us. God was lengthening our cords. We knew there was a church outside the walls of this church and a people outside the walls of this church that God has entrusted us to go get because he was already doing it just with, just with the services that we put out there on, 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 online. So we knew there was more. So we ask you as our church to get up under that vision and during the manger offering, we said, all the money taken at the manger offering will go to remodel and, and to push us uh, uh, online with our services. You gave awesome. You gave generously over and above. And we started the year with the construction, okay? We kicked it off and we're rolling along. And then here comes this, this monster thing that lands on the United States of America. Not even gonna call it by name because it doesn't deserve one. It shut the country down, it shut the church down and everything, right in the middle of it. Now you say, well, that's good, preacher, because then you can make a mess and not clean it up. That's true. Every contractor we had now is like, this is awesome, man. I can make a mess and not clean, because those guys like making messes anyway, but they sure don't like cleaning them up, amen? So you can make a mess and don't have to clean it up. No, that's great. So we, that was the awesome part of that. The, the, the scary part of that, the unnerving part of that is we are very much a hiney in the chair kind of church, meaning the more hineys we got in the chair when we pass the plate, the better the offering is. Well, we were about to take the church out of the chairs and trust that the church would be faithful to give in the midst of all that stuff. And we didn't miss one week. We didn't miss two weeks. We missed 10 weeks, 10 weeks. And he said, well, y'all should have went back and looked at what happened last time and, and, and had some faith in that. Well, I'm sorry, but when I go back and look back, there's not a, another time. Well, look what happened to granddad when he shut down the church. What did he do? There wasn't a time they shut down the church. There wasn't no blueprint on how to do that. We just trusted God would do what needed to be done. And we knew the church would step up and be who the church is. And let me give you a little update on that. All that you see with your visual eye, okay, everything you see is gorgeous. It's wonderful. I love it. And it's all paid for. Not only that, the last time we met on March 15th, we, we put to vote a line of credit for $100,000 because there was a big old commercial kitchen that sat right there. We weren't using that kitchen. 
There was a day we used that kitchen, but we had outgrown that kitchen. We didn't use that kitchen anymore. All it did was just, this is where we hid stuff we didn't want to see anymore. Just the truth. It's like a bedroom when your kids move out. You try a workout room, but then you go, <laughs> it looks more like a laundromat. We hanging clothes all over everything in here, all right? It, so we decided we're going to make bathrooms out of that. So, so we voted on a $100,000 line of credit to finish these bathrooms, to convert them into bathrooms, because the only bathrooms we had were inside the worship center. And, and if worship was going on, you couldn't get to them. And so we did that. Can I tell you this? We not only did that, we did all of this. And you know what that line of credit looks like today? Still 100000 We didn't touch one penny. Why? Because God's faithful. Because his church is faithful. Because God honors the vision and he breathed on that vision. And he said, I'm in on that. I, I, I'm for y'all. I'm saying yes to what you are hearing from me. And I'm gonna bless that. Not only that, my friends, let me, let me tell you just a little bit of how God did it. The first time we had to go online, do you know where... You know, we didn't have anything to do that with. And then lo and behold, the beautiful brown truck of UPS pulls up and drops off every camera that shoots this service right now. And I'm telling you, the day that we're in my office, I'm shooting the first Sunday online. Brandon and his son are unboxing boxes, taking wrapper and styrofoam off cameras and going, I said, y'all good with these cameras? Yeah, I think we are. We're, we're figuring it out. We're good. That's how we went online. God, through UPS, just dropped it the day we needed it. Went my office, shot it. Went to Pax's office and shot it. That was on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And everybody on Sunday when they watched that, that's awesome. That was great. I'm like, dude, you seriously? I mean, we just unboxed. Boxes are in my office when we're shooting church. I mean, like pulling plastic off and stuff. Undoing the, 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 uh, the wrappers and everything. I mean, this is crazy. That's how faithful God is. Did God know that at 19? Oh yeah, God knew that long before. God said, your cameras, when you go online because you're shut down by something that is just crazy, when you need it the most, it'll come through. Well, how's it gonna get here? Brown truck gonna pull up, drop it off. Don't underestimate UPS. God used UPS, all right? Used it. Those guys may not be about kingdom work, but they are now. They're about kingdom work, amen? They're about kingdom work. Let me say something to you. When we jumped out in this area, did we have people to do this? No. You know what we said? If God gives you the vision, God will give you the people. God will send the people. You know how many people it takes counting the worship team to make this happen right now? 24. 24 people. Some of the kids, some of the young men on these cameras, they can't even drive yet. Can I get a witness in the back? He raised his hand. He knows. <laughs> they're not even driving, but they're putting us online. They're expanding the kingdom. They're shooting the gospel all over the world because God gifted them to do that. And they have to have a place in the church to use that gift. There's nothing worse than being bored in church, amen? I mean, golly. I look at churches sometimes, man, and some churches I watch, they shouldn't shoot the audience. They shouldn't because they're bored. They're bored. You know, when you're bored in church, you look like a board. Gospels preached, worships preached, you just hit the board and run down. Just bored. Just runs off of them. Listen, Sydney, the coolest thing a kid ought to see is seen in church. 
the most awesome thing a kid's to see is you've been church. Now, I know when you walked in here the very first time, there was a wow, that's cool, and there was a wow, wow. Took your breath away. Listen to me. This wow that you see, okay, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. But that is not what we bow to. We bow to one thing, and that's Jesus. We don't lift up lights and sound and carpet and and all the stuff spinning on the walls and the ceiling. That's not what we're lifting up. But when you see this online, mm -hmm, they'll jump all over that, okay? You got to understand something. We now have taken this church and we shot this church everywhere, okay? And it may be a little much for us sometimes when we walk in here, but understand something. This is no much, this is no more about us anymore. This is about getting that kingdom expanded outside. This is about my tent being enlarged. This is about my territory being enlarged. This is about our territory, our church being enlarged, okay? Listen, if you know Paxton and I, you know our heart, we're not about a performance or a show. We disappear and let him be exalted. That's what it is. And that will never change in this house. Never change. There will never be a light that gets more attention than Jesus. And if you find yourself glaring at lights instead of singing, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Or have your wife slap you upside the head. Do something. But don't get caught up and memorized by this other stuff. Focus on the king. That's who we're lifting up. That's who we're lifting up. Isaiah 54, 2 says this, enlarge the place of your tent. Come on. Stretch your tent curtains wide, you bet. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Enlarge that tent. We have enlarged it, my friend. We have people that follow us from the UK. Y'all gonna drive over there today and talk to them? No. We're talking to them now. The gospel's going out to all the world. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. What's don't lengthen your cords? Don't lengthen, lengthen your reach, man. Lengthen your reach. Strengthen your stake. Everywhere we go, understand something. When this, when this is going out, when we're going out, when we go out, we don't, we, don't walk, we don't go out from the word. We don't go out from the truth. This is always grounded in the bedrock of the word of God. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. The method has to change. I feel sorry for churches that will not change the method to reach people. You're going to drive by and see them one day close up the house of a church. Next week, I'll give you some stats about a denomination that's not good. And largely, the problem is they will not change their method. They're stuck. The message can never, ever, and should never, ever change. But the method has to because this is not grandma's time anymore, even though grandma can get up and jump for Jesus. You've got to change to reach people. And you got to go where people are. And the digital world is getting too much junk out there. It's time to put the gospel out there and drown all that junk down. If you're going to get caught up in porn, you ought to get caught up in Jesus. And I want the Jesus to drown out the porn. Ain't no time for that stuff, man. We're going to take the gospel, and we're going to take church and what we do well and what God said yes to and what God's breathing on and get it out there. You know how you pay for all this stuff out of the checkbook and out of cash and not go to a bank 
in the midst of all this being shut down for 10 weeks, God says, I'm breathing on that. That's what he said. If some of you are going, I'm not sure I'm in on this. I'm sorry to tell you that you're not in on what God is breathing on. Because in the midst of the shutdown and not being in the house for 10 weeks, God continued to bless the church and everything and even the extra thing was done with no bank, zero. All funded by a God who has resources beyond resources, amen. When God breathes on it, you gotta get in on it. You see today, we have two families. I'm looking at one of my families right here. And I'm looking at another family out there. We have a family online and they've been watching us for weeks, for weeks. And they will continue to watch us for years. Some of that family will trickle into this house. Some of that family will never have the opportunity to trickle into this house. But one day we're gonna be in a big old house called heaven. And there are going to be some family members <laughs> hanging out with you. And while you sit in big old bush in America where the wind never stops, <laughs> there are going to be some people sitting by you in Alabama where they begging for a breeze through a pine tree. And they're going, I watched you online when I was an 18-year-old kid in college. And I was searching, man. And I found you online. And all you kept doing every single week was lifting up Jesus. And one day, towards the end of my college career, I got on my knees and I cried out to a God who said he had a purpose for my life. And I said, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. And I'm here today because of that. I never walked in your church, but your church walked into me. You see, that's what we do right here. That's what we're about right here. One time there were two families that were brought together. They were different. Melissa King had a family. Jeff Ponder had a family. We were different families. Thanksgiving in 1992, I said, well, this girl's awesome. But this girl gonna be awesome and be my wife. She gotta meet my awesome family. And there's no better place to meet my awesome family than my grandparents' house. So I invited her to come to my grandparents' house. Melissa's family and my family were different. I tried to tell Melissa how different. Some of you tried that too, didn't work. Melissa walks in. Melissa's not a talkative family nor a hugging family. I'm sorry, my family doesn't ask permission to hug you. They just hug you. You can deal with the pain of that hug later. You can disagree later, but you, sorry, it's not for vote. And she got smothered by conversation and smothered by hugs. And I'm telling you, she was like a cork with a catfish on the end. She was bobbing, man. I'm telling you, she was hurting, all right? We, that, was in, that was at Thanksgiving. We get engaged in December. We do, a, we do a, uh, a, a shower for our wedding at our church. And our families came together. And my granddad was there and her granddad was there. <laughs> and like old men do, old men can talk to each other for years without asking each other their names. Hey, can, can I get a witness? So my grandfather and her grandfather stood in the corner of a worship center, I mean, a fellowship hall, and they talked for three hours. At the end, Melissa and I walk up together to do some gifts and stuff, and my granddads, our granddads look at each other and said, you, you with her? 
and I'm with him. We, we family. We're family. And they just had the biggest time. And later, years go by, they became friends, good friends. And one time on a tour around the United States, an Airstream camper, her grandparents came around Florida, along the Texas Gulf Coast, came into South Texas, came to my grandparents' house. And my granddad, in his very last days, his friend came to see him, Melissa's grandparents. They became really close friends all the way to my granddad died. See, that's how we're gonna be. We got a family out there, got a family right here. You don't know that family, but they won't hug you. They wanna hug you. We're families. Matthew 5, 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth. You're salt of the earth, man. You're salt of the earth. You see this right here? It's a good old American salt shaker. Used to say you could see these on any table in any restaurant. <laughs> Wrong answer. Now we get little packages if you ask the waitress, all right? But they're coming back. Some restaurants still have them on the table. They put them back on the table. Thank the Lord, all right? This is one of my favorite ingredients when I sit down, all right? How many of you are salters before you are a taster? Can I get a witness? How many of you taste it, then you salt it? Uh, how many don't salt at all? Seriously? I salt way, but there's like, you need to taste it first. I'm like, I'm tasting. I'm salting it, man, because I need salt. I love salt. I crave salt. If they eat something sweet, I need salt right after it. You're weird, Jeff. I know I'm weird, okay? But that's just how I roll. Listen to me. Salt, God calls us to be the salt. Why? Because salt enhances flavor, amen? It enhances the taste of the food. This world today needs to be enhanced. This world today needs a little bit of flavor, amen? He, he has called us as the little church and the corporate church to be the salt in this world. In order to be the salt in this world, that means the maker of you, the salt, gets to take the salt shaker of your life and turn you upside down and begin to salt you everywhere. I'm sorry, custodial staff, all right? Listen to me. Here's what happens when God starts to shake you out. You cannot control where you land. You can't. You see, I, I may want to salt my eggs, but it's going to bounce to my hash, my hash browns. I guarantee you. See, many of us are in positions right now, work, family, and then entrusted with a, a platform or a place right now. And in the midst of this uh, virus stuff and all the craziness, it's even become more glaring that God put you there. But you know what he put you there for? Not to pay you, not to entertain you, but for you to be the salt. And he's, he's shaking you and you're bouncing and you're bouncing and you're bouncing and you're bouncing. And you know what? You can't control the bounce. In 2002, he brought us to Amarillo, Texas. But he didn't bring us to Amarillo, Texas. He brought us to Amarillo, Texas so Jeff and Melissa would bounce to Bushman. You get my drift? See, the church used to be right here, 1800, FM 2381. That's good. Salt, we were the salt. Now he's saying, watch this salt. I'm shaking you now but you're about to bounce in places you can't even name. You're just gonna start bouncing. And how about you, church? You're about to bounce too. See, you gotta trust 
the one whose hands are on the shaker. Who is shaking you? You or is the Father? Trust the shaker. He'll bounce you everywhere, and you got to go with the bounce. You got to go east, west, north, south, but he says, when you go east, west, north, south, don't you look. You keep your eye on me. He's saying to the church, I'm going to bounce you everywhere, but you keep me focused. You keep lifting me up. Keep lifting me up. A lot of people are OCD. I'm not looking for hands here, okay? Some of us are OCD. I think all of us in areas of our life suffer from a little OCD. Some have gifted a little more than, than healthy, okay? But some of us have OCD. There are churches that have OCD. There are pastors that have OCD. They will not trust the hand on the shaker to shake them. So they continue to shake themselves. And the problem with that is people that have OCD have a tendency not to trust. They want to control everything. Listen to me. We're the salt, but he's the shaker. He's the hand on the shaker. If God says to a church, I'm going to do a new thing, you got to trust the one who's shaking you. He said, well, I need to know where I'm going to bounce. No, no, you don't. Because you're salt and salt can't talk. I am the father and I'm gonna shake you where I wanna shake you and you will bounce. And when you bounce, you will hear my voice say, there you are, there you are, and go. There's too many churches over 40, 50, 60 years still shaking same spot and won't change. Why? Because they're holding the shaker. Whose hand's on your shaker? Are you OCD in your shaker? Are you trusting the Father who says, hmm, I got much bigger for you. See, this church right here is always gonna have the hand of the Father shaking it. And if he wants to bounce us somewhere else, we're bouncing, baby. We're bouncing. Next year or two, I don't know what we look like. And I'm not saying that because I'm not a pastor seeking the Father for vision. I'm just telling you right now, I don't know. But he knows. And I'm gonna continue to sit with him. If he wants to bounce us at different locations, he'll bounce us. If he doesn't want to bounce us in different locations, he won't bounce us. But I'm going to tell you what he's doing right now. His hand is on an online service. He's bouncing us all over the place. If you're faithful in that, he might entrust you with more. Why? Because he wants to bless you. When he blesses you, he does what? He trusts you. When he trusts you, he says, you'll magnify me. When you magnify me, I will draw people to me. You start magnifying yourself, I'll shut you down. Because even though you think much of you, I'm not that wild. You are the salt of the earth. Some of you are bouncing. Have you thought about where you're bouncing? And are you trusting the one who bounced you? Matthew 5, 14 says, you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Mm. Darker the dark, brighter the light, amen. Darker the dark, brighter the light, amen. It's always the darkest just before the dawn. If you look at our country, we are as dark as we've ever been. But don't you lose hope. Do not lose hope. Because I'm looking at some light and I'm looking at some salt and I'm looking at churches that are positioned and I'm looking at pastors that are hearing what God says. And I'm gonna tell you right now, there's coming a day real soon for the greatest spiritual awakening you have ever seen in this country. 
Because I'm going to tell you, there's a bunch of people out there deceived, walking in darkness. They don't even know why they're doing what they're doing because they're so deceived, their brains are shut off. You ask them a question about this, they answer this question. I don't even hear that question answered. Nobody asked that question. They don't know what they're doing. Walking around in darkness, deceived, they don't understand. They need light and they need salt. And God is raising up the church for such a great a time as this. I'm gonna tell you right now, he is positioning some churches for a great awakening. And I'm gonna, here's the sad truth. Some churches are gonna flat jack miss it. They're gonna miss it, man. They're gonna miss it. You're the light of the world. This world needs light right now. Isaiah 55, eight says this. For my thoughts, hmm, they're not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Man, if you're a little OCD, that's hard to read. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. I have good thoughts. Your ways are my, my ways are good, declares the Lord. Uh, excuse me, salt, you can't talk, get in the shaker because I'm about to bounce you places you don't even know. You can't even name where I'm about to bounce you. My ways are not your ways. Seek me, hear your ways, hear my ways and go. Here's what TCAB's gonna do, I can guarantee you. TCAB will always do 100% of what God's breathing on. If God is breathing on it, we're gonna, get, we're gonna be in on it. Financially, physically, manpower, everything. If God is breathing on it, we're in on it. I'm gonna tell you right now, God is breathing on us. He's breathing on us. And TCAB, will be, I will guarantee you TCAB will do this. TCAB will always do 0% of what God's not breathing on. I've called my staff together in the last several weeks. We're looking at what's working, what's not working, what's confusing, what needs to change. See, it's sad because some churches never ask those questions. So they keep doing the same thing they did in 1912, expecting the same results in 2020. You're talking to a whole different world at a whole different time, dude. Not going to work. There's times in church life that they have some back property at their church. They need to get staff and some shovels and some elders and dig some hoes, not for a ground breaking, but for a burying. They need to take some of the stuff they used to do as a church. They need to put it down this nice little hole in God's dirt and bury it, put a little tombstone, said, God bless you. Thank you for all you did for the church. But God's doing this now. It's not bad to bury stuff that God's not breathing on. But it's real bad to continue to try to do stuff God's not breathing on. You're going to wear out your staff. You're going to wear out your people. And you're going to wear out God. <laughs> you're just going to wear him out. You got to bury some stuff. God's breathing on some stuff. What God's breathing on, you go do. What God's not breathing on anymore, you let it go. It's okay. You don't wear what your parents wore. That means you don't like your parents. God's not breathing on that wardrobe anymore. Bury in the backyard. It's embarrassing. That's just how it is. It's not bad. Change it and bad. Not changing is bad. There's a lot of churches that won't change. Exodus 33, 18 says this. There's a great encounter in Exodus 33. Moses says, God, if you don't go with us, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. Because what's gonna distinguish us from all the other people groups in the face of the earth unless it's your presence? And God said, Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked. 
because I trust you, because I know you by name. TCAB, we're launching in a whole different world. We've never been there, but we're asking God to bless it, and he blessed it, and he breathed on it, and now he's got it going, and we're going to walk in it, but we're not going to walk in it. His presence is going to go before us, and here's what we're going to say as a church, just what Moses said in Exodus 33, 18. Now, God, show me your glory. Now, God, show me your glory. Now, God, do what I could not even imagine or think. Wow me. Do more than we could ever think or imagine. God, we're lifting you up. You go. You go. You go. So every time we gather as a church, remember, there's a church family gathering with us. And years from now, when God says, hey, guess what, salt? I'm about to bounce you somewhere else. You just tell us where, God, because you breathe on it. We're gone. We're going. We're going. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. My word will go out, and it will accomplish what I want it to accomplish. It will do what I want it to do. Just as the rain falls from heaven and grows stuff, my word will go out and do as I intended. The title of the message is pretty simple. Enlarge my tent. I'm looking at a bunch of tents that have been given some beautiful favor. God has positioned you places. He has called you salt and he's called you light. He's shaking you and you're bouncing. Your tent's big, but he's wanting it to be bigger. Your territory is large, but he wants to make it larger. As your tent grows, our tent grows. As your territory grows, our territory grows. So lengthen your cords. Our reach is changing. Your reach is changing, okay? Your reach is changing. And I want you to be willing to say, God, you enlarge my tent. You shake me wherever you want to shake me, and I'll bounce wherever you want me to bounce, and I'll trust you in the bounce. I'll trust you in the bounce. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. We're going to move to a time of ministry. I invite the worship team to come back up. If you're asked to serve down here as a couple on the ministry team, if you'll come take your spot. We're always going to do three things when we gather. We're going to worship, we're going to preach a word, and we're going to pray. We've done them all. This time right now is time where you do what the Holy Spirit said to you. God has spoken to his tents. God has spoken to you. He has. He wants to enlarge you so he can be enlarged. I want you to pray a dangerous prayer, and that is, God, enlarge my tent. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my tent. He's going to turn you over. You can trust him, and he's going to shake you. You're going to bounce, and you're going to be faithful to honor him every bounce, and he's going to draw many people. We are stepping where we've never stepped as a church, but you are stepping where you've never stepped as a church. Ask God to enlarge your tent. Father, we love you. And God, during this ministry time, God, your Holy Spirit has spoken. 
no doubt. Your word has went forth to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Those of you listening online, God simply says, I want to enlarge your tent. I'm gonna shake you and you're gonna bring much flavor, but you're gonna bounce. You can trust the bounce. So God, right now, by the Holy Spirit's power, help us to say yes where you have spoken. Help us to step in obedience and say yes to what you have spoken. For your honor, for your glory. As we worship, you do as God leads. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.